Well, hello, brothers and sisters. Welcome to Twisted Perspective's new series called Divine Secrets, where we will be taking a journey that will lead us through the Book of Esther, where we will learn of a spiritual roadmap that very well may become a path that leads us directly to the heart of God. I'm your host from Blood of the Lamb Ministries, Jody Coward. Well, praise the Lord, brothers and sisters. Praise the Lord. Welcome to another episode of Twisted Perspective's Divine Secrets. Hey, before we get started, I have a pretty tremendous praise report to let you know about. Dear Sister Dana in Oklahoma, the doctors had uh, found a mass in her body somewhere, so she sent the uh, prayer request to Twisted Perspectives, and the doctors wouldn't do a biopsy on this mass because of a tremendous amount of infection in, in Dana's body. So she sent the prayer request to, to our prayer team. A uh, week or so later, the infection was down enough that the doctors agreed that they could do the biopsy. And of course, the next obstacle was, you know, that the results would re reveal that it was cancer. Well, we continued praying for Dana. We're standing in faith with Dana, giving praise to our God and our deliverer, Jesus Christ. The biopsy came back and it was not cancer. Praise God. Dana is still facing some mighty tough challenges ahead of her, but we are still praying. We are still standing. We are still believing in the resurrection, life-giving, healing power of the blood of Jesus Christ. Amen, amen. Just thought you guys would want to know that. And hey, before we get started today, just a quick shout out to my two guys, uh, Ted Arkerman, producer of Twisted Perspectives and Dear Friend. You can find his music on Amazon.com, on Amazon Music. Uh, you can also listen to his podcast on Spotify, Amazon, and Podbean. His podcast is called Ted Arkerman's Road Tales. Excellent podcast. I highly recommend you listen to it. And of course, my next shout out goes to my man, Aaron Michaels. That's our praise report for today and our shout outs to people that support Twisted Perspective. So, onward. Just a recap of chapter 2 of Esther. Esther's uncle Mordecai discovers a plot to kill King Xerxes. So, Esther's uncle tells Esther. In the meantime, in chapter 3, we learn that the king's second-in-command, whose name was Haman, becomes furious at Mordecai because Mordecai refuses to bow down to him and he devises a plan not only to destroy Mordecai, but to annihilate all the Jews in the entire provinces of Persia. So Uncle Mordecai convinces Queen Esther that she must go, be go before the king and tell King Xerxes about this plot to kill him. But here's the problem. Inside the royal Persian palace, there's a person who is called the master of the royal audience. He was the last stop in a long process for a visitor to have an audience with the king. This man was usually a champion warrior, and he was greatly trusted and admired by the king. Now, sadly, a lot of unbelievers see the church in much the same way. These unbelievers see the church as the master of the royal audience. But, you know, that's a whole different discussion, a whole nother topic. But I will say this, though. God has made a way for anyone to come to him, and that way is Jesus Christ. 
Okay, back to Esther. With the master of royal audiences, not even Queen Esther could just go before the king. In chapter 4, we're told that Esther does tell Mordecai to have all of the Jews pray and fast for three days. And she does agrees to do the same thing. And then she also agrees to go before the king, which is against the law and against the protocol. And it very well could cost Esther her life. But get this, Esther says this, if I perish, <laughs> I perish. Wow, what a statement and what trust in God. What tremendous amount of faith in God. Please allow me to explain all this. Protocol of the Persian palace dictated who was allowed to have an audience with the king. It was an elaborate process. Its sole function was to protect the king. This process was designed to display the king's power, to display his wealth, his glory, and display his absolute ruling authority. And by its very design, it was meant to overwhelm any visitor that wished to have an audience with the king. By the time this visitor reached the king, there was no doubt whatsoever that they were in the presence of a very powerful man. Now, for those who failed to follow this protocol, it would most likely result in their death. This visitor at this point was no longer considered a visitor, but an intruder. And an intruder that was seen as a threat to the king. But there is something that would prevent the intruder's death. Just one thing, and that one thing was for the king to extend his scepter, and it was always held in his right hand. Now, down in chapter 5, Esther goes against the established protocol. She goes against the law. She has not been summoned to the king's presence within the last 30 days. But she puts on her royal robes, and she walks right into the throne room. And just before the royal guards can kill her, King Xerxes extends his scepter out to Esther, meaning they have to stop. They can't kill her. So what is a scepter? A scepter is a rod or a staff, and it usually represents power. Scepters are also used to symbolize a king's absolute rule and authority. So this brings the question, does God, the king and supreme ruler of the universe, does he have a scepter? The answer is in Psalm 45. Your throne, O God, will last forever and ever. A scepter of justice will be the scepter of your kingdom. So God does have a scepter. A scepter is also a rod or a staff that a ruler can lean on or prop himself up with. Fancy scepters were usually decorated with precious jewels and stones. Now I can hear some of y'all asking, Jody, that's all interesting. But what does a king extending his scepter have to do with Jesus and God? Where could there possibly be a secret in that? Well, you know, I'm so very glad you asked me. In God's kingdom, Jesus is the scepter. Jesus is the scepter of God extended to all who will believe that Jesus has forgiven all of their sins. Jesus is that scepter, and that scepter is always extended to anyone, anyone who will boldly approach the throne of God. Let's look at a few scriptures here. In Numbers 24, 17, in the New King James Version, it says this, A star shall come out of Jacob, star with a capital S, meaning Jesus, a scepter with a capital S, 
meaning Jesus, shall arise out of Israel. And back to Psalm 45 again, it says, A scepter of righteousness is the scepter of your kingdom. All of these scepters or capital S's symbolizing it means Jesus. Also in Romans chapter 10, verse 4, the Amplified Bible says, Jesus is the end of the law. It leads to him and its purpose is fulfilled in him. For granting righteousness to everyone who believes in him as Savior. Granting righteousness. That sounds like a scepter to me. The king Xerxes extended his scepter to Esther, granting her life, granting her righteousness to come before him. So you put all these scriptures together, and Jesus is our scepter of righteousness, allowing us access to the most powerful king, the creator of heaven and earth. And get this, it's extended any time we need to see our king. Now, you know, all that may or may not be a divine secret to you. You may already know all that. I don't know. But it did get me to thinking. And I come up with three questions that I would like to ask. Is there a proper way to approach God? First question. Second question. Is there really a protocol to be followed in approaching God Almighty? Third question. Is there a protocol on what to say and how to say it once you get in God's presence? Well, to find those answers, ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters, you're going to have to wait till our next episode. <laughs> yeah, I did that on purpose. Brings you back listening for more. So anyway, today, I would like to give praise and glory to God, our Father. Father, I lift these list listeners up to you. I plead the blood of Jesus over them, Father. Great walls of fire and glory encompassed all about them. And as always, Father, I ask you to illuminate their minds and enlighten the eyes of their understanding. I ask you, Father, to set upon them a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Jesus Christ, of who they are in Jesus and who Jesus is to them. I thank you, Father, for expanding the vision of who they are. I thank you, Father, that revelation knowledge flows freely through this podcast, and it falls on ears to hear and eyes to see. I give you praise and glory for it. In the mighty and precious name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, the only begotten, risen Son of God, whose blood takes away the sins of the world. Amen. Hallelujah. Hey, brothers and sisters, until next time, we love you. We're praying for you.
Be sure to welcome your prayer requests, your comments, and even your concerns. You can contact me and my team at jodycoward59 at gmail.com. That's J-O-D-Y-C-O-W-A-R-D-5-9 at gmail.com. And hey, one more thing. Before we go, I'd like to remind you, be sure you give us a download on our episodes, click our like button, and share our podcast with your friends and family. And I'd like to thank you, brothers and sisters, for your faithful support of our podcast and of our ministry. And until next time, remember, Revelation 12:11 says, We overcome him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of our testimony. Amen, hallelujah, and praise be to Jesus.